Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer and one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta, Venue Data Center Infrastructure Manager and also one of your hosts. And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's Network Infrastructure Manager and Cybersecurity Specialist. And I'm also one of your hosts. This is Venue Podcast number 83 for May 26th, 2022. In this podcast, Eric, Michael, and I discuss inmate privacy and what's visible to others when you're online. All this and more in the next Venue Podcast. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Venue or any guest's employer. Hey, guys. Welcome to another Venue Podcast. Hey, Will. How you doing? Hey, Michael. Good. Hey, everybody. So we have, we wanted to get another podcast out uh, this week. We did one last week uh, with, with Shannon Adams from Citrix. Really good. Uh, but we felt like we could get another one out this week. Um, we have some new content on our, on our cyber uh, website at venue.com, the Cyber Corner. And um, let's jump into the topic of today's podcast, which is internet privacy. Is it? Is the internet private? No. No. <laughs> There's no such thing as privacy anymore. No. Spoiler alert. No, it's not. Oh, oh so podcast done. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, yeah. um, you know, Michael Michael wrote a really good blog article on, this, on the Venue Cyber Corner um, website. Uh, and it's really good about really in today's modern world, you know, what is what is privacy? How do you protect your data? How do you... Um, you know, what's being, what do we know that we're releasing to the, to the internet or to the public? And then what do we don't know is actually getting out about our personal lives? Um, so Michael, you want to talk a little bit about, you know, how, what the, what the article has that you wrote and we'll get into some of the topics. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, really at a high level because, Privacy is is a, a very expansive topic that you know we could spend hours discussing on on a podcast or days or weeks <laughs> yeah or, or, or even longer um, but just a very high level you know I, I, I discuss um, some of the information that can be collected um, who's collecting it how the, how they may be using it uh, introduce the concept of data brokers which some people are are not entirely aware of their existence because data brokers don't really have a relationship with the uh, the end user that they're collecting information on and then you know kind of how you can protect yourself so that from a high level is, is what's covered in, in the blog post and you know kind of what we're going to be discussing today on on the podcast yeah. um Fantastic. Yeah, so, so let's let's talk about a little bit about how the data's data is captured, Michael, and, and talk maybe from you know the most common and then into the ones that are most you know most invasive. Yeah, and and I think one thing that that our listeners are going to hear from from this podcast is there's not really uh, a single answer to any one of these things, right? The how the information is collected, it's not by one means. The type of information that's collected, it's not one type of information. How you protect yourself, it's not one way. There's no there's no silver bullet for any of these. But and, and, and it, can I also say it, it, what we say today could be different tomorrow? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because this is this is something that's that's ever evolving and and honestly something that's you know, when I first got into cybersecurity, I, I 
didn't have a lot of awareness about it, but you know, within the the last year and a half, it's it's really um, kind of, kind of come to the forefront of of my interest, and um, it I find it to be really fascinating. Um, but back to Will's original question of of how is your information collected? It's it's by several different types of means. Um, you know, one that I think a lot of people have heard about is 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 cookies. Uh, obviously, not the edible kind. Um, but you know, third, third party cookies on, on websites, uh, that's, that's one method that, uh, your information can, can be captured as, as you're browsing websites on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Michael, can you explain a little bit about how actually, you know, what is a cookie and how it actually works and how websites, uh, can look at the cookies that are stored on, on your, in your browser data and, and how is that, how does that work? Sure thing. Uh, so the, the concept of cookies was was actually created to to help make the internet more usable, right? More more friendly. Um, but uh, advertising companies and and other companies over time have used that to kind of help make their business better, right? Figure out where where you're you're going, where you're clicking on the internet, and then harvest that information to be able to provide you, um, you know, targeted ads, right? So in, in the, the cyber corner blog post, I, I bring the example of you're talking to a friend, um, you know, they, they tell you about, um, you know, something new that they've started using and how great it is and, and all this stuff. And later you go pull that website up on your phone. Um, you know, you, you know, take, take a look at what your friend recommended and then later you start getting ads for this same product that you had researched on all of these other sites, right? It's targeted advertising. And a lot of ways that this is done is just by um, cookies that, that are enabled on the internet as, as you're browsing. So basically a cookie is it's basically a file that when you go to say something like, um, I don't know, pizzahut.com or something, right? And you start clicking around, it'll actually save things like your preferences, maybe, um, you know, some of your favorite pizzas, things that you've stored in, uh, that that you've looked at is ca- caching that data in the browser, in the cookie, which is just a file. And then this cookie yeah. could be shared with other entities like maybe amazon.com or um, travel websites and they'll actually know, okay, Will really likes pizza or something like, uh, like, like this. And then maybe it'll, it'll also take a step further and go, what was the prior website that William was looking at before he was at pizzahut.com? And what was the website after William was looking at you know, pizzahut.com? And I can actually start building this library of information about you that's stored in these files in your browser data, right on your hard disk that um, is is taking some of your maybe privacy and, and not necessarily making it public for the whole world to see, but people who are interested in trying to sell you something or specifically ads and things like this are using that data to give you more custom custom um, advertisement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's the idea of a cookie crumb anyway, right? It's a, it's a, it's a trail, right? Right, right. Yep. So right. it's a trail through history, right? And so that's where that term cookie, cookie comes from. So they're putting a, trail, a little trail there to and, – and, and it began with, with all good intentions. So the cookie is have you been here and have you seen this – this uh, JPEG that we have on our page, don't load it down again. Here it is, right? You got right. So the, the 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 things that that 
it was started for were had good reasons and then it's kind of morphed. And I'm not saying they're bad reasons now either, by the way, but it's just it's just something that they, you know, a technology comes in and then people can see other uses for it and, and they have. They've tied on to it. And 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 following your history may be a beneficial to to Will Zellers that, you know, he he knows that every single time he goes to Pizza Hut website the next page he goes to is you know uh google to, to find a route there right? right maybe that's beneficial yeah. to to yeah to, to will to will sellers what's funny is this this actually happened to me recently um i was actually in the market and this is going to sound weird but i was in the market for a walk like you know the cooking cooking device right a walk yeah and i was looking at various websites because i wanted like the best walk that i could buy like the most you know durable non-stick um, you know, nonstick from, from curing and things like this. And I found one particular website that I really liked the walk and I stayed on the website for probably around five or seven minutes or something. And then I closed my browser and I went away. But then when I came back to my computer, I forgot the website that I was actually looking at. I was like, oh, which one, what was it? Which, which model? Uh, and I kind of gave up on looking for that particular one again. But then when I opened and went to amazon.com what is on my dashboard is things that i should be Walks. looking at the walk and not not yeah. only just any walk but that same walk that i spent more time at looking at and actually i was like ah that's the walk i want now i didn't actually yeah. buy that walk because i actually went to one of my local stores and bought locally but the idea is it gave me it gave me information that you know, I was maybe staying at this page longer than any others, and then Amazon picked that up and said, "Hey, this is what you may be maybe wanting to buy." Yeah, that's that's it. So that was a good use of the cookie, right? It was so, a very good use of the cookie. A perfect example of something that's being collected in your on your behalf that maybe you you are or or are not aware of, and that was of use to you, right? In the end, right? So, so, and, and I mean, like I said earlier, cookies did it's not the only way for your information to be captured, sure. right? There's, there's public records, um, whether that's court records or marriage licenses or, or will like, like you were, you know, talking to us about before the podcast mm -hmm. vote, voter records, um, you know, just being able to, to open up a webpage, type in a person's name and, and, you know, see, uh, their political affiliation, um, you know, full name, um, uh, address, who, who their who their close relatives are and things yeah. like that. Um, that's yeah. another way buying from real um, retailers, whether that that's local or online. Uh, you know, they they collect things like email addresses and names and birth dates and things like that. And mm -hmm. and the kind of biggest offender of all of these is uh, social media, right? Whether that's that's via your posts, uh, quizzes that that people like to take on social media. Um, you know, they. They collect things like facial recognition. Um, there's there's a, a wide array of different um, types of information that that they collect on you that that uh, they keep. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's so, interesting. You know that 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 they're collecting this data. But you know, I was saying before the podcast is, have they always been collecting this data? Right. And and then if they have, what does that mean to us? from our, our security standpoint and and what does that gain them extra from what they collected maybe a hundred years ago. So so obviously court records have been around forever with mm -hmm. marriage certificates. If I want to see what my that where my grandmother got married, I can go to a courthouse 
and find that, right? Right. But I, the problem, the difference is I kind of need to know a little bit more, right? Because I need to know the court. Where was you married in, in Louisiana or Colorado or Illinois to start narrowing down my search? I have to, have to know a little bit more, right? But the record was still there always and was still publicly accessible always, right? So, so how much privacy have I gained or lost with them tracking it on the website? And the answer to me is still probably considerable because now more people have access to that data easier, Right. Right. Yeah. So we have we have data that's collected from, you know, website data. Right. Which is basically your computer and a browser. Right. And it's, it's collecting information on the sites that you go. Um, you have the public records, Michael, as you were describing, that that is got a lot of information on on your on your on your history. Right. But the thing that really has changed the game over the last, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years is this device, which is mobile phone, right? Because now you have the epitome of data collection that people carry with themselves every day, all the time, that collects, you know, the time of day, location, photos they've taken, how many steps they've taken. In some cases, yeah. what do they weigh? What is their blood pressure? Uh, if they're using connected devices. So in, in the age of... Um, in the age of the mobile phone, right, and also social media and app and, and mobile apps, it's really become so much more, I guess, invasive and also accepted that a lot of your personal data is out on the internet. Yeah, I agree that the the phone has made you know the internet kind of brought all of this and the phone brought it even even to the next level so you know i, I agree with you uh that, that that device is is and we have to be careful as we get these devices on what we want to what we want to advertise right, right. so if, if you pay attention this is kind of the this has kind of been the, the debate going on in security for the last few years anyway as, as it's finally starting to kind of gain some popularity right which is should Apple and uh, all these other phone vendors by default, and then all the applications that they allow to be installed on their devices, should they by default have these services enabled mm -hmm. or should they have them disabled, right? So that's kind of the debate. So what, where, where do they always lean? They always lean toward it being enabled by default and then telling you that we enable these tracking services. Do you want to disable them? Well, first of all, most of us, may or may not pay attention to those EULAs and read them closely to understand the effects of enabling them or disabling them because there's actually effects both ways. So, so we don't go through all the settings and then start fixing like, a, you know, Hey, I want to be on social media, but I don't want it to cache my locations when I go somewhere. Perfect. Yep. That's the right. first step, right? Done. You know, or, or I want to be on social media and I want to track my locations, but I don't want it to track who I, who's near me or something like that, right? Whatever mm -hmm. those settings are. And, and so those are the, the issues that the phone doesn't make obvious to the end user. And, and, and I think people would argue that they don't make it obvious on purpose. Right. Right. So, right. so, so why are they making it 
not obvious on purpose is because they want to sell that data to somebody, right? Right. Because they they get a benefit, they get more of a benefit with this data than we as the actual person being actually actually creating the data get from it. Yeah. Well, the good thing at least today these days, and I'm going to speak specifically for Apple, and I'm pretty sure Android, um, the Google App Stores does does very something very similar now, is when you go to download an app. Uh, maybe it leaves the, the settings on by default, but before you download and install, it'll actually show you kind of like the nutritional facts, right, of the device, of the app that you're downloading. So it'll show you, here's application, here's what's being tracked by the application, you know, or what data is it pulling? Is it your contacts? Is it your, um, you know, f- phone number, uh, g- g- um, Geom, uh, uh, geolocation, things like this, right? So it'll actually tell you that this app, is looking at this data. And then you can make a choice on what do you want to disable. In kind of the old days, um, they didn't tell you that. So you didn't know no. what applications were tracking. And that's where I think over the last, uh, maybe what, two, three years, Apple has said, look, we're going to become more visible about what applications, what, what data or applications pulling off of your phone. And we're going to at yeah. least let you know. And then I know from like the last couple of uh, iOS updates that they'll actually have the ability when you start installing an application and using it, it'll you can actually choose, you know, ask the application not to collect data or not to track, um, you know, data that it, that it normally would. Now, whether if it's doing that or not, we like to think it doesn't, um, but at least it's an option now that is vis- more visible now than it ever has been. So, so yeah, what you're I, suggesting is that they may tell us they're not collecting it and they're still nefariously collecting it? Is that what you're long, suggesting, William? What I'm suggesting is at, at least we know that they could be connect, collecting this and we can opt. We can ask to opt out not to have that collected because if right. you look at the actual uh, wording of the little thing that pops up, it says, ask this application not to collect my data. It doesn't say that it 100% will. It says just at, tell the application you know, please don't connect my data. I prefer you not is, today. It's yeah, like it's like this, I prefer yeah. you not, Nick. You know, yeah. the, it's up to the developer to actually, <clears throat> you know, what what threshold are they not going to actually collect? But the point is, at least nowadays, you know that when you install, um, I don't know, the CVS or Walgreens app, that it's going to collect this data from your device. Yeah, and, and look, it's just simple things, right? So, so. If I pull up on my, because I'll do this a lot, I'll pull up in a private browser, you know, and I'll search for CVS maybe, right? Well, it's the first thing that CVS, that webpage asks you for is, hey, can you tell, can we allow to access where you are right now? Right. Well, yeah. Boom, that's already a warning to me that they want more data from me than I, that I want to give them, Right. I, I, I want to be able to just pull up the map and then start searching, right? Right. Because that gives me a little bit of an anonymity. Uh, and, and so... In most cases, and you know why they're asking you that, right? Well, because they want to give you to the closest CVS store or exactly, whatever, yeah. right? Agreed. But whatever data that comes with it. So now they've actually got me tracked. And then who 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 are they now giving that data to? Why well, it comes to right. CVS every Tuesday morning, right? And then people, all the vendors around them know that I come to CVS every Tuesday morning. And then all those vendors start sending me emails about discounts on Tuesdays, right? So then the, the, the Pizza Hut guy is waiting for you when you're walking into Walgreens right. with a pizza. 
goes, hey, Eric, I've got your pizza hot and piping ready. Right. You know, right. as you're walking so, into so, Walgreens. So that's a benefit to me, obviously, right? But, but, you see, but that is what the Internet is for. Yeah, you know? Right. It has gained me a benefit, and, 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 and who knows what the long-term effects of that are, right? right. Uh, and, and look, we talked about even, you know, hey, you should buy local if you don't want to be. Well, guess what? When I walk into my local store, what's the first thing they ask me as I'm checking out? Do you have a frequent buyer card? Yeah, yeah. No? What's your phone number? Second question. What's your phone number? Right? So so if I give them my phone number, boom, they already got tracking on me. Right. Right? So even my local vendors could be tracking me and and maybe they're not doing anything nefariously with it other than saying, Hey, he's he's bought here fifteen times, he gets a discount on the sixteenth purchase, right? Maybe that's all they're doing. I don't know. But I'm giving them that I may be giving them that data and then that there's coming with a, a potential consequence later. Right. So normally Will the data I, I, go ahead. I, I think uh, I was going to say you touching on um, you know what Apple has done with um, you know letting you know what um, an, an app in the app store is going to track and asking apps not to track your information mm-hmm. and you know some stuff that we're going to talk about later in the podcast show that privacy is trending in the right direction um, but that is in large part to you know podcasts like this and um, organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which we'll talk about later, that are getting the the word out about this, right? There right. may be some people that ultimately don't care, right? Oh, I I don't care, you know, if if apps track my data, you know, maybe they're a social media influencer or, or something like that, or you know, what what whatever their reason may be, they may not care that their information is being shared, right? But there are some people that will care and ultimately it should be up to the individual to know what data is being collected mm-hmm. and how it will be used and have the ability to opt out of their information being collected. Right. That, and, is, and that, that is the yeah, entire point. Yeah. That, that is the point. Like for instance, I use apps that track my location. Right. Um, yeah. And I do this mainly because sometimes I like to look back and go, what did I do weekend before last? Or, you know, uh, you know, Monday morning comes around, my wife and I are like, what did we do this weekend? It seems like we just, the weekend went by so fast. And now I can actually go back through my timeline. I use like Google Maps and I can go back through my timeline and go, oh, here's all the things we did. You know, we went to this location, this location, this location. And that's tracking a lot of data. Right. I mean, how long was I at somewhere? Drive time, you know, addresses and things like this. But for me, the the good outweighs the potential evil that this that this data being collected can can pose to me. Right. And I, I do know that at any point in time, I can go and just disable this, turn this off, remove the app, delete the cache. You can't, you can't remove the current created data. No, absolutely not. Um, right. So, so, with, so, so, with, if that, so if that guy was collecting the data about you're eating a Cinnabon, as you answered earlier, mm-hmm. and you're also taking insulin medicine, right? Um, and your weight is trending up, and now they decide they give you that data to your insurance company. Your insurance company is calling you and saying, "Hey, we're going up right. your insurance rate." Right. Right. So that so you that you is get rid of that data now that's been collected. The data has been collected. Right. It's been collected. I I can choose not to have any data moving forward. Right. If yeah. I uninstall an app or clear cache and, you know, that or or maybe even um, ask for the data to be deleted. But, you know, I have no guarantee. And, yeah, that that's that's the negative. That's the negative point to this. Right. And, and it's a good analogy. You know, maybe if you're you've got some kind of health problem 
and the the data is being collected that you're doing unhealthy things, you know, could that information be work its way back to your insurance company saying, hey, we need to raise this person's rates or even things like driving, right? Your driving um, characteristics, you know, maybe you're, you're speeding too much or you're taking hard braking and things like this. And these things will actually. Um, well, you already see the, you already see the commercials with that, right? They, oh, absolutely. They, they paint it in a positive method mode, right? Drive really well, we'll give you a discount, right? Right. Yeah. Which, not, which, which, not, honestly, they're not telling you the adverse effect that if you drive really <laughs> shitty, they're gonna uh, they're going to 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 raise your rate. They're yeah. they're not they're not telling you that they're not telling you that okay, your current rate is this. If you drive better, you'll get this lower one. They're not also saying that we might also raise it on you, but they put, could potentially, if you read the the U.S. closely, <laughs> do that. Right? Yeah. So, so the the adverse effect of this is 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 potentially bad. Now, ninety nine percent of the people that are going to pl- sign up for that reward are going to use that reward to gain cheaper cost, right? Right. So, so that's good. Um, and, but and- but it's just it's just interesting how we're collecting the data and then what we're doing is, and we don't even know today what they're going to use the data for tomorrow exactly yeah i know i know from like you know so i I own a tesla right one of the one of the evs and what's funny is is um you now have we always get back to tesla i'm just saying i I do i i I love my tesla but um i was actually trying to get enrolled in a beta program and one of the metrics that they would look at is you would have a driver score and what's what i liked about it is it was plainly delivered to you this is your driving score and here's why you may not have the highest score that you want because you had to get a certain score to get into the beta program. So it was kind of cool that you could actually, and I know a lot of people were kind of gamifying it, right? Where they're like, oh, let me, let me drive as, as good as I can for these, whatever it is, few weeks so I can get a higher score to then get benefit, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, really it's interesting. interesting, you know, everybody, everybody, like I said earlier, everybody's collecting data. And like I said, even, even our local retailers are collecting data and, and, and sometimes it's as simple as they give you a little punch card and, and they're punching 10, 10 punches and then you get the 11th one at a cheaper cost or something like that. Right. right. But they're collecting data some, somehow. We just don't know what they're doing with it. And we don't know what the future of what they're doing with it would be and look sometimes in that sometimes what they're doing with it in the future is not even bad like you think about this so 150 years ago 100 something years ago they invented a camera and they started taking pictures of people right and that was invading their privacy that's a big thing with uh indigenous people they didn't want their photos being taken right because they felt like their soul was gonna be stolen from them Right. right and so so you can't discredit their fear, right? That that was their fear. But what we've done with these pictures to now is actually beneficial because we've actually been able to document things in the past that we would have never been able to, 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 to know or to keep aware of uh, on human beings in general, right? And and we see this farmhouse from, you know, uh, central Utah uh, from 1850, and we can we can learn a lot about what was happening in the society of Utah by by these pictures, right? So so it's the information that was gathered, you know, maybe securely or insecurely is irrelevant, is now being used for good, right? So it, it could be that a lot of the data they're collecting today is being used for good in the future. We just don't know, right? Yeah. And we don't really know who you know when we start looking at you know who's got the data. Right? Is it necessarily that all of my, you know, Walgreens or CVS data is staying inside of Walgreens and CVS? Right? 
maybe if I'm, I'm using the Tesla app or if I'm using a healthcare app or if I'm buying things from Amazon, is that data specifically staying inside of those, those vendor applications, right? And, and I not would say that, yeah, I would say not necessarily. Not, not necessarily, right. And, and look, I think there's a, another piece of that too. Like we talked about earlier about like your insurance company getting data from, you know, you eating that Cinnabon or that you have insulin problems or whatever. You know, what happens if Will was to make this person, uh, just random person, angry for some reason? And this person finds out that he's insulin deprived. He could walk past you and stab you with an, uh, a, a, a syringe that would affect your <laughs> insulin because he knows that's going to to hurt you. Know, I'm not saying. I mean, that's a far extreme thing. But right. That's is, a far extreme thing. But but this is this is this is truth, right? I mean, you, you this is things that can be done with your data that we just don't know. Right. We don't know who has by by not knowing that the the murderous type person has access to it. We don't know what the adverse effect could be. Right. Yeah. There and could and, and and that's right. There there always could be a negative, you know, outcome from something like that happening. In general, there it's 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 not that extreme, but it's always a possibility. Sure. Yeah, we've danced around this topic a bit, you know, talking about who's using your data and and Eric mentioned, you know, it's pe- people are making money off of your data, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's a business ultimately. So, you know, I I think I'd said this at the beginning of the podcast when Will asked to give a little uh, overview of the cyber corner blog post, but uh, it's, it's data brokers, right? Data brokers are organizations that um, harvest your data, right? Whether they're, they're gathering it through uh, public records. Um, You know, they, they, they may be selling that off to other data brokers or other uh, companies that, that want to purchase it or maybe individuals, um, or they they may be buying it from other companies. So they're essentially making money off of your data. And it's they're not necessarily bad. I, I think, you know, going back to Eric's point, it, you just don't know how your data is going to be used, right? Well, so I mean, I think you said something that's of interest to me, which is, so uh, a broker could potentially not just be collecting it themselves or or combing the records and whatever, they could actually be buying it. And, and that tells me uh, something really important. So if they're willing to spend money on data about you, the data must be valuable somewhere. Correct. Oh, yeah. And yeah. valuable to someone other than you. Absolutely. Yep. So there's a whole business, right? There's a whole econ- econ- economy just on the buying and selling of data. And, and this is where we start talking about the concept of data brokers, Right that you know maybe there there are data brokers out there who have agreements with Facebook and Walgreens and Pizza Hut and Dick Sporting Goods and you know wherever American Airlines and they're actually paying these companies to have a piece of that data right and maybe it doesn't have your your specific name attached to it right in some cases it may just well but they're actually buying that data to then build uh, you know, sell that data to other companies for ads, for you know, predictive, predict, predicting what you may do next, right? So there's a whole economy about specifically about data brokers and people that are buying mm-hmm. and selling this information. Yeah, and and one of the uh, kind of s- 
slippery slopes with it. Eric, you had touched earlier on on you know the the diabetes example, but but another one that that I think is uh, potentially equally disturbing is what you're looking up online does not necessarily have to do with you, right? So if data brokers are collecting information about your online search history, you know, what, what um, websites you have accounts with and things like that, it's not necessarily about you, right? You may be, um, you may be searching on line for something about your child, right? You may be searching online about something for some family member or some friend. And if data brokers, would, what they do is they categorize um, all of this information that they collect into, into different uh, categories, right? Um, I, I reference this uh, a few times in, in the blog, but, um, you know, you may get unfairly uh, or erroneously categorized into one of these categories when in fact it really has nothing to do with you as a person it just happened to be something that you were i think that's that's a great point michael so so like i see i'll I'll see things on tv or the news whatever and it'll be like you know um you know, man dies from you know farber leaf loop, and and I'm like, what is farber leaf loop? They they give you a 30 second description <laughs> on lo- on the TV uh, news, and I don't know what it is. So I say, hey, I'm gonna go Google that. That's, I just yeah. want I'm just, I want to know what that is, right? So now yeah. all of a sudden, potentially, I'm in that categorization, right? For farber leaf loop, that that I don't want to be. Able, I'm just trying to learn, right? I, I I'm I'm interested in learning, but now my name has gone to these websites, and these brokers have this data, and they can now start sending this data. It's the same age old. The age-old thing you hear people say this all the time. I was just talking about this subject, and all of a sudden, I was getting, I was getting <laughs> emails about it. Well, so so think about this. So you and I are talking about a subject. So I say, well, shit, I'm gonna Google that, right? So I Google that, right? Meanwhile, 30 seconds later, you surf the web for something. So now both of our phones come from the same IP address because we're standing next to each other. So we're, we're, we're being proxied out to the internet via our firewall, via the same IP address. So now it knows that our two phones came from the same IP address. So now it knows how to target us. So maybe we've got some kind of tracking cookie on our system and it knows that at these times we were in the same building. So it knows that it can send both of that, both of us that same, that same meeting, even though you personally didn't Google it, but I did. So it sees that we both came from that. So it's, so the, the tracking is even more sophisticated than what, you know, I, I go to a private browser. So, okay, I'm, I'm safe. But in reality, it sees the IP address I came from. And so it says, well, I know for a fact that Eric Malatesta on his personal laptop uses Yahoo from this IP address. So I'm going to send him notifications about that same request next time he logs in. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the tracking is, is more sophisticated and it's, it's lumping together multiple things with which to trap us, right? right? So so 
that's what we used to say in the old days. You know, you're only secure as the person next to you, right? So, so in Active Directory, if I have an Active Directory domain trust, and uh, I'm my domain is super secure, but the guy next to me who I trust is unsecure, well, my domain is unsecure too, right? Yeah. So, so if Michael's willing to track stuff that I'm not willing to track, and then we're talking about a subject line, and 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 he Google's it and uh, talks about it in in Siri and whatnot, and I don't, well, we're still kind of tr- lumped together because we're coming out of some IP address or some network together and they're able to put that data together to realize that oh well eric was in the vicinity of the same conversation we should send him that that next you know advertisement right right Mm -hmm. and 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 guys not all data brokers are bad right and and i would say most of them are, are are not bad um I used an example earlier about, you know, maybe if you're applying for a loan or you're applying for a credit card, right? And you put in your your name and maybe your social, and then it'll ask you some very, you know, specific questions that you wouldn't think um, anyone would know about. So, for instance, if you go like, go, maybe you're applying for a credit card, you put in your name, you put in your your, your phone number or your, or your social security number, and then it'll ask you some questions because it wants to verify your identity. So I remember once, you know, I was applying for something and it popped up and it said, okay, uh, from dates, this date to this date, which, which car did you own? (laughs) And it had like a list of four or five cars, you know, motor vehicles. And I had to choose which car did I own during those years and then another one was like, um, what address did yeah. you stay at? So it's, or it's what vacation, or, or, or this is the other thing, what vacation, uh, what, what, is, what was like one of the vacations you took on in 1997 or something like this? And you could actually, you know, like four of them are obviously places you didn't go. And that one place is like, well, I think that's where I went. So that information is being collected, right? And, and used, in this case, used positively, to verify your identity, but what sure. becomes tricky is yeah. when bad actors breach data data brokers. And now they've got those; these people are have access to a plethora of data, and you're most betting that they're going to do something you know nefarious with that data. Well, right, but I, and, and and something I think that you should be aware of is that we're talking about internet privacy here. That, that data that they're collecting probably wasn't from the internet, right? It was from previous right. methods. And, and and so, to your point, not all data collected is used nefariously, and and right. and I think that everyone that's listening to this podcast should hear that because it's an important piece. You, you know, I don't want to I don't want to have tracking on this. Well, it turns out that the only way the app can deliver you whatever you're trying to lo- use is if it has tracking on you because exactly, it can't, you know, it can't tell you accurately something. I don't know what it would be, but just you know, you know, maybe you shouldn't be climbing in a mountain because you have you know, poor heart rate and, and, and climbing in low altitude is bad for that. Or right? there's a snowstorm so, coming, or maybe I want to send you an, right. I want to send you an Uber. Right. Well, I need to know specifically right. where you're at for right. me to send the Uber to you. Yeah, that's right. So, right. so, so I, I agree that, you know, just because we are using this thing, the word internet privacy, we're not trying to say that, uh, you know, you're not private on the internet. So you're screwed. We're just saying you need to be aware of these privacy things. And I had used the example earlier before the phone call. In the old days, we we, we, we didn't have privacy back then. Like, you know, we didn't have air conditioning, so we had our windows open. And we were having arguments in our house with our child or our brother or our wife or, our, you know, our, our uncle or whomever. And the whole neighborhood was hearing this, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the whole neighborhood could hear this. And then, then Joe down the streets going and every time he sees someone, they're like, oh, that, that Eric guy and his wife fight all the time, you know, and, and, and maybe we had two fights in, in two years, but that's the only two things he heard. Right. Right. So, so that privacy piece was already a, a question of, of, of privacy years ago. So I don't, we don't want to try to tell people, oh, look, turn everything off on your phone, turn everything off on your computer. You know, this was said years ago, 2000, year 2000, the only secure computer is a computer not connected to the internet. Yep. And even at that, it may not be secure. (laughs) Right. So, so, so we, we, we've said this years ago, so this is not something to, that we're not trying to throw out this thing like, Oh my God, that you guys need to be just super aware and turn off all these settings. We're, 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 We're just saying you need to be aware and conscious that these things are there and that you could be, tracking data that you may or may not want to use. And, and right. you, like Will said, he might like the fact that they can find out that he goes to get coffee every Saturday morning and they start offering him coupons to his benefit. Um, so it's just about awareness of these privacy concerns so that you're, you're informed as you go do things. That's really it. Cause I knew when I was having a fight in, the, in, in 1900 with my windows open that anyone could hear me, right. That my privacy was affected, but I knew what privacy I was affecting by having that argument. Yep. Yeah. So how, so let's talk about ways to protect yourself. And right. And you, you, we've already kind of went through some of these, you know, close your window before you have a fight at home is a way to protect yourself. <laughs> but <clears throat> some ways that I look at it is like, you know, what, what, you know, if there's an application that you don't use on your phone, delete it. Right. And, and I do this about once a month is I go through, or maybe once a, you know, every few months, I'll look at all the applications that I have on my phone and go, okay, um, I haven't used this app in, you know, a few weeks or a few months or maybe even a few years. I'm going to disable it. I'm just going to remove it. I'm going to delete the delete the app from my phone and delete the cache data that's on the phone. Um, you know, that the data may still be alive on the internet, but I'm not collecting any more data. And sure. I may not, I'll reinstall it when I need to use it again, right? So, like, for instance, um, you know, what is it, um... Uh, Grubhub or, or these these uh, um, what's the other one that's really big? Um, shoot, the one for ordering you know ordering ordering um, waiter right? Um, yeah. Maybe if I know I'm not going to be ordering for the next few weeks or a month or something, I'll just delete the app right. So I know that there's that that there's no there there's no location applets yeah. running collecting the data. Number one, my battery life may improve a little bit because I'm not you know wasting clock cycles on sending data to a waiter, but also, um, you know, they're not tracking anything, right? So doing things like that, looking at um, third-party trackers that are on your phone, looking at the nutritional statistics when you go download an application, right? Um, Michael, I mean, private browsers, I think you and Eric both have said that's that's a really smart way of protecting yourself from a website, right, that may be collecting and, data. And this is not to be confused with, like, incognito mode or, right. or or something like that right um all that private browsing or incognito mode is going to do is it's going to hide your activities from your local machine history right right so yeah, what, and actually i think it's a great point michael is if you read when you start those things if you read them it specifically says this right yep. hey though no data will be kept local on this, you know, government and uh, ISPs ISP. still know what you're doing and yep. can, can therefore track what you're doing. Right. Yep. Through, through, and, and if you control DNS, 
you know, or really, I shouldn't say just DNS. You know what IPs people are going going to. DNS just makes it easier to identify. Um, you know, that's why people will look at things like VPNs, right? And we're not talking about the VPN that you you use when you want to connect to your work, you know, your work computer or something like this. We're talking about virtual private networks that obscure your 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 the data that you're pulling down from the internet from your local ISP, right? Yeah. Or maybe even obscure it from the local Wi-Fi network, right? Although there's some, you know, some things that the Wi-Fi or the local network can still collect uh, because it has to collect this or at least has to identify this to be able to make the application work. But it's just one of those things that you can always add on to, um, to yeah, give you some and, added and look, protection. Even VPNs aren't completely... You know, vulnerable. I mean, so so you, I so I just say I have a VPN, and let's say I choose that you know I'm going to come out of, out out of Chicago for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, what what has that gained me at? You know, I don't know. All it really gained me is that that the the local IP that I'm coming out of has now been changed, right? Right. And so 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 maybe what that changes instead of getting Baton Rouge emails, I'm getting Chicago emails now, right? Exactly. Advertisements, but but it doesn't necessarily protect you from being followed completely. It just kind of, it does some minimal protections, right? So if you're on a VPN and you're in a, in a, in a uh, coffee house, the people that are trying to hit you right there in the coffee house won't be able to see the traffic because it's all encrypted, right? So, so you're getting some gain, gain security there, but you may, you may not realize that still outside of that, you're still being tracked at other, other places. And, and the websites you're going to are still tracking you. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I, I had referenced this earlier at the beginning. There's there's not one silver bullet. That's right. Right. So it, it really depends upon how what you want to be protected from. And and going back to the the privacy browsers, um, you know, again, not to be confused with private browsing or incognito mode, but the mm-hmm. privacy browsers like break brave or a vast secure browser or others they Duck, help go, whatever you. yeah i use brave so, I, I found brave not too long ago and it's actually a really nice browser it's based on chromium so you you know if something works in google chrome it should work in brave but it has a lot less um some of the tracking stuff and some of the i'm not going to say go google bloat code in in uh, Chrome. So, so I, I understand where you're going with this, Michael. So you're talking about the actual browser itself, and I was actually sp- right. speaking about like the browsing search engines. So once again, layered another layered approach. So maybe I'm using yeah. Brave as my browser, which is is much more secure than than Chromium, but I'm using also Pot uh, uh, DuckDuckGo as my search engine instead of Google, right? And, Correct. Or, yeah. or Microsoft Bling or whatever it is I'm using, right? So yeah. so maybe I'm layering on a few things to to secure me. Uh, so that's a great point. So you you said and, no silver bullet. And, and, so I think everybody and, should switch to uh, the Mosaic browser. It's the best one out there. That was a joke. I don't guess anyone got it. <laughs> but but with oh, we the, got it. <laughs> with the privacy browsers, they actually help protect against uh, one thing that's called fingerprinting, right? And w- which is not a concept that we've discussed. We talked about cookies earlier, you know, specifically third-party cookies as as a way that your information is gathered. But fingerprinting is is something um, that can be used to determine like your, your actual device, right? So the, the OS you're running, um, language, font, um, 
you know, the, the web browser that you're using, et cetera, um, that that's something that um, secure or privacy browsers protect against, right? So Eric was using that example earlier of us both connecting from the same network outbound and coming from the same uh, private IP address, or, or sorry, the, the same public IP address that, that we're, we're natting out to the internet um, and not kind of being able to distinguish between the, the two of us from an IP perspective. Well, that's not the only way to distinguish between us. You know, there's, there's other things like, like fingerprinting that exists to be able to tell who's, um, you know, accessing something. So that's one thing that privacy browsers do, um, really well is, is to help to protect against that. And EFF or electronic frontier foundation, which I referenced earlier, they have a cool thing on their website called cover your tracks where you can score, if you will, the browser that you're currently using to see how well it, it, it shields you. Uh, so, you know, if you're using Google Chrome or, or edge or whatever, you can, um, you know, go to this website and it'll, um, you know, run a test to let you know how, um, how your browser is, is, you know, kind of covering your privacy. Right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, Michael, you talked about social media accounts, right? Where you're posting maybe to Facebook or I think, I don't think Twitter necessarily applies, but like if you're on Facebook, um, maybe you should keep an eye on like what your posts, I know like for instance, Instagram, Facebook kind of adhere to the same policy where you can choose to protect your account. Actually, Twitter does this as well, right? You don't have to leave your your tweets open, but you can say, "Look, I only want to let certain people follow my um, my posts," yep. right? And I do this with Facebook. If there's something I don't want the world to see, I just set it to private when I make my post, and that means only friends can actually see my post, and maybe not friends of friends. Maybe I want friends of friends to see it, but you know, you can start looking at that to say, "Look, maybe I don't want everybody to see everything I post all the time." And you can be selective about what you're posting. Sure, I yeah, think correct. I think, I think it was all goes back to what Michael was saying. All uh, we've already exactly. we keep saying over it. It's, it's layered approach, no silver yeah. bullet, and and also you know we're not trying to say that every bit of data collected is going to be nefariously used. We just say be aware it's being collected. You know this data could be used for your benefit, could be used against your benefit, and we don't even know what it could be used for in the future. So for future notice, everybody switch to Linux and run the Lynx web browser because it's text-based and you won't have anything drag you. <laughs> so you're, call, you're, Actually, so you're talking about Gopher? No, Lynx. No, you're talking about Gopher. No, I'm talking about Lynx. Well... <laughs> Yes, I know what you're saying, but there actually was a Lynx web browser. If you're looking at my screen, Eric, I have it up. Um, it's actually, um, I think it's still it's still probably on most modern Linux distros where it's just a web browser, no graphics. So it, it's completely stripped down. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I think that's about it, guys. Michael, thank you for writing that post. Um, Michael's post yeah. can be found on, uh, on our Venue website, www.venue.com slash cyber corner and then in there you'll find all of our um michael's got some great tips for um for fortinet um for the edr some tips on internet privacy and then of, of course all of our podcasts that are related to security so really good information uh there 
Uh, as always, you can find us on um, anchor.fm. You can find us on the Apple uh, podcast site, and there's a number of sites that you can also find us in, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, uh, also just at venue.com slash podcasts. And then also, if you want to interact with us uh, on the podcast URL, you can actually, uh, there's a link there to talk to the podcasters, and you can send us a form through um, through your browser and ask questions, or maybe there's a topic you want us to cover, but you can also email podcast at venue.com and ask us questions, or maybe even be on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. So I think this will wrap it up, guys. We're right around 50 minutes, which is kind of our sweet spot. So um, everyone, have a great weekend. Eric, Michael, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks again. Yeah, take care. And you guys have a great weekend.